Come on, just one person. Hey, you girls right here. Come on, right here. All right, and then Tony, get them ready when they go. Uh, who's over here? Jerry, whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready, get going. Whenever you're ready. Hey, you girls go right here. Wanna go right there? Five or six is good. Nah, you're good. Keep the winner from your team, Steve. Keep the winner. You know me, I know you, we know it. Alright, go, go. You're the leader's the referee for their team. You don't see where I'm going. You only see in the moment, you know my mistakes, you never let go in. Don't cease to amaze me, and it drive me crazy. Did you catch every detail that I missed in the songs I'm making? Saying, you will never write a verse like Kendrick, never be the rapper rock out from Hendrix. Top in the live, you will never be mentioned. Why aim so high, won't survive the trenches. The winner, if you win your side, bring them up to the front. The winner, come up to the front. If you lose, sorry, too bad, take a seat. Sorry, Kayla. If you're done, come and take a seat. It's okay, we still love you. Jesus loves you. You're still safe. Don't worry about it. Make moves or make excuses. Make sure you got that last one. Remember the last person. Adam, you're the referee. Alright, so alright, the winner stays up here in the front. The winner stays up here. Everyone take a seat and log your if you're unless you're up. If you're still up, keep going. The winner comes to the front of the stage. Winners right here. If you guys are done, take a seat in the first two rows, please. First two rows. Who's the winner? You're a winner, honey? You won? You're up here. You won? Who won over there, Steve? Okay. Wait, last one. We're going to pick one last round. Alright. Alright, winner? Okay. Alright, everyone else. Yes, girls, everyone else in the first two rows. Get it. Or the last the last team, I'm sorry, just the finals. One, this is one person from each from each team. Hey, clap it up for the last uh, the ones that survived. Alright, so you guys can make a circle. Steve, you want to be the referee, please, sir? Go ahead, you guys make a circle. Alright, go ahead. Uh, Jerry, kick it off. Steve, you're the ref, man. Master. And these guys are practicing or something. Louder, faster. 
Adam, I think you're going to give your sermon tomorrow. <laughs> Faster! Faster, faster. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. This, 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 this is too good. I think you guys are practicing, all right? Uh, <laughs> we got to go faster. All right. Um, Alec, kick it off. Go faster, faster. Go. Yeah, kick him out. Hot, done. All right, there he goes. All right, here you go. Come on, go, go. Uh, Alec, go. All it takes is one unrepentant sin, man. Alec. Swear. Ah, Tito. Ah. Is he that Zumba? <laughs> Batman. Who was I don't know, I guess. Wait, who's gone? Hey, give it up for Destiny One. Clap it up, clap it up. Good job. Church MCI. We are all about loving God and loving people. 
level. And the way we do that here at MPI is through our discipleship strategy of connect, mentor, and send. How do we connect, mentor, and send? One way we connect through life groups. How many of you guys have been life groups? How many of you know we're having life groups tomorrow, okay? All right, we're having a pizza bake-off at Pastor Adam's house, 12 o'clock. Come ready and come ready and hungry, okay? We're going to be making pizzas, okay? From scratch, you guys are going to be Tomorrow, I'm hungry. 
situation we come into, we know that you are good, that we can trust you. So God, help us to trust you with our money, first and foremost, and that we would know that everything else comes second to that, God, that you and your your truth comes first in our lives, God, that you are second to none. Lord, thank you for being in this place. Thank you for spring break. Thank you for all these wonderful, beautiful youth that you brought out here safely. I ask that you can, that you multiply this number, Lord God, that these students tonight would be encountered with your love, with your truth. They'd be embraced with your presence tonight, oh God, that they would welcome it, Lord. And I just thank you for being here, Holy Spirit, that you'd be active and moving and reigning in all our hearts and in our minds. Lord Jesus, we ask this in your name. You bless the word, bless and anoint the worship, God, and little surprise that we have on coming next. So, Jesus, thank you. Bless the offering. Multiply it in your name we pray. Everybody said amen. Bring up your offering. The bucket is here. We have a little special something, something, but you guys can get up on your feet. Come on up to the front. Come on up, come on up. I want to make like a nice little circle. Get close. We're not, we're not going to worship yet. We're doing something else. So come real close. We're not doing worship just yet. We're doing a group picture. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> guys, I'm, not, I'm, I'm kidding, but come closer. Come closer. Come closer. Okay, okay. I'm going to hand it off to you. Who am I handing it off to first? 
Give it up for Yuli, guys. He's got something special for us. acquainted with this chorus right quick. So y'all gonna sing it with me the second time through. You ready? Ah. We wear the badge of Christ. We wear the badge of Christ. We wear the badge of Christ. You better rep it right. We wear the badge of Christ. We wear the badge of Christ. We wear the badge of Christ. You better rep it right. For his glory, yeah. Yeah, I'm about the life. Used to be a heathen, leaving through the strife. But I had to change, never had a purpose So I came to Christ and told me I just scratched the surface Started digging deep to his majesty And he taught me how to be the man I'm supposed to be But I still fell and stumbled So I hit the ground and crumbled And cried out, Lord, my God, teach me to be humble And so I got the revy And it was surely heavy He told me that we in the war So be always ready And that's why we gotta fight Gotta fight. That's why we need to praise Him through the day and night. We wear the badge of Christ. 
we wear the badge of Christ, you better rep it right. We wear the badge of Christ. We wear the badge of Christ, you better rep it right. Put on the uniform and do not conform to the ways of the world, cause it's not the norm. Because salvation, because salvation and eternity is not a game. Hell is a real place and it's not appealing. People joke as if they know, but they won't like the feeling. A lake of fire, no, I don't wanna go. I'd rather stay up in the shine, enjoy the snow. That's where we need to go and be evangelist. To get one of the world off of a list. Cause hearts are hard and God is mocked. And in their minds, they keep them locked. The badge of Christ. We wear the badge of Christ. You better rep it right. We wear the badge of Christ. We wear the badge of Christ. You better rep it right. Not by deeds, but by faith. Not by man, but by his grace. So when you stand in face to face with the king of kings, you know your place. Yeah, get it straight. You know you need him. So repent and turn away from the old sin. No, you're not too far to turn back. And in faith like a child in the Lord's lap. Call him Yahweh, and if you tell me that I'm wrong, I'll tell you no way. So don't knock it till you try it, and don't feel it for you, buy it for my Lord. I'm never quiet, and I can't be, even if I can't see. Best believe I stand, cause I know with God, it was always planned. We wear the badge of Christ. We wear the badge of Christ, you better rep it right. We wear the badge of Christ, we wear the badge of Christ. We wear the badge of Christ, you better rep it right, yeah. We wear the badge of Christ. We wear the badge of Christ, uh, yeah. You better rep it right, you better rep it right. We wear the badge of Christ. 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 And I rep it to the last light, uh. And I rep it to the last light, uh. And I rep it to the last light, uh. That means the very end. Give it up one more time for Julian. Woo! All right, all right. Now it's my turn. I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, that was so good. Oh, that was really good. I wish I could have recorded your faces. Oh man, one day, one day. All right guys, we're getting ready for a time of worship. So, guys, come on up to the front, prepare your hearts. We're gonna change scenes right now. Get ready, get ready, get ready. So stay up here, don't sit down, stay. Let's give it up for our 
artists, our rappers, spoken word. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. <laughs> so many faces here. Amen. Y'all know the rule. Give each other some elbow room. Come on now. You don't want to accidentally be worshiping and grinding on somebody. Like, <laughs> I feel the spirit. Like, <laughs> oh, brother, you got a <laughs> brother. <laughs> Back it up. It's the spirit. It's a good Friday service, and uh, we're not dressing up in suits and ties, but we love Jesus, amen? So I think it's just right that we sing songs that kind of talk about, like, what's happening, like, what's symbolic of today, amen? Do you guys actually know why we call it Good Friday? Because we're remembering Jesus dying on a cross. I mean, it's like, man, is that good? Yeah, it's good for us, Amen. And we're going to be learning about that, but come on, y'all ready for worship? Come on, say amen. All righty, just want to encourage you guys to just come and just remember who we're here for. We're here for God. We're here to worship God, for the leaders, for just the youth up in, over here. And I just want to share a verse. It talks about um, when Jesus was crucified and he was buried and they went back to go find him. And it says, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down their faces in the ground. And he says, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. He is risen. Amen. Jesus Christ is risen. Amen. He's alive and he's living in us. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's worship him. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Let me sing it. But let love explode and bring the dead to life. I love so bold to see a revolution somehow. Well, let love explode and bring the dead to life. I love so bold to see a revolution well, somehow. Now I'm lost in your freedom. Though this world out over come, my God's not dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. My God's not dead. He's surely alive as he's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. We'll sing that hope. But let hope arise and make the darkness hide. Every voice, my faith. My faith is dead. I need a resurrection. Well, somehow. But let hope arise and make the darkness hide. My faith is dead. I need a resurrection. Somehow, 
You left the angels worshiping you. You gave it all for me, for me, for me. And Savior, I come and cry in my soul. Remember redemption's hill, your blood was spilled for my ransom. Everything I once held dear, I count it all as wrong. Lead me to the cross where your love's poured out, and bring me to my knees, Lord. I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you, Lord, lead me, lead me to the cross, lead me to your cross. to your heart. 
There's no disappointment. Oh, oh, you know everything about me, yet you still love me, Lord. You still love me, Lord. And lead me to your heart. Oh, sing it out. And lead me to your thing I like about this song, an attitude of prayer, attitude of worship, that in the chorus, it says, lead me to the cross where your love is poured out. And it says, bring me to my knees, Lord, lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. And I want to focus on that part right there, rid me of myself. Did you know that even in times of worship when we're singing to God, when it's not even about you, you can be so full of yourself. Oh, I'm not going to lift my hands. I'm not going to get to my knees. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to close my eyes. I'm going to do what I want to do. You can be so full of yourself, and it can come in many different ways. It can be 
Man, I'm just worried about what I got to do after when I leave this service. And a song like this, I mean, it's leading you to the cross. It's helping you out. Come on, let it be just more words than on the screen. Let it be our actions. Let it be our worship here tonight. So with all eyes closed in this place, come on, Lord, lead us to the cross tonight. Lead us to Jesus. Lead us to Jesus. God, you didn't call us to wear a cross. God, you didn't call us to wear fancy jewelry that, that proves that we're Christian. God, you called us to take up our cross and to follow you. And God, the cross is death, Lord. You called us to die to ourselves. Come on. You called us to die to sin, Lord, and to be alive in you, to be made new, to be made whole in you. Come on, there's some of you here tonight that need to die to sin. Come on, that you need to die to yourself. You need to die to your way. Come on, you know who you are. Come on, you like to sin. You know what it is. You even have a preferred flavor of sin. You know exactly what you like to do. And, and God has called you to die to your sin here tonight. Come on, if that's you, I want you right now with all eyes closed in this place to place your hand over your heart. Come on, Lord, lead us to the cross. And we're going to sing this again. And that's all we're going to say. Lord, lead me to the cross. Lead me to Jesus. Lord, lead me so I can be right before you, God. Oh, Jesus, come on, if you're in this place and you have sin in your life, there is a sin issue. You've lied, you've stolen. Come on, you've had perverse thoughts. Come on, drugs, alcohol, sex, come on, greed, whatever it is. Come on, we need to come to the cross here today, here tonight. Lord, and make us clean, make us new. Come on, if that's you with your hand over your heart, come on and make it personal. Lord, forgive me of this and say whatever it is. You know what it is. Lord, forgiveness in this place, oh new life, redemption in this place, we declare, we declare. And lead me to the cross where your love's poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. And rid me of myself, sadly long to you. Lord, lead me. And lead me to the cross, where your love's poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord, I lay me down. Rid me of myself, I belong to you. Lead me. So we want, so we want, you've all we want. I won't lift your voice. I won't tell them you're all we want, you're all we want. I desire you, Lord. I desire you, Lord. I desire you. I need you, need you. Desperate for you. Desperate for you, Lord. Desperate for you, Jesus. 
Jesus. Come on, every person here. Come on, every guy and girl. Come on. Oh, desperate for you. We're hungry for you, Lord. You're all I need. You're all I need. Hungry for you. Feel hungry hearts tonight. I want to be hungry, Lord. I want to be thirsty, Lord, for everything that you have for me. That you have for me. Take it all, take it all, and just give me Jesus, and just give me Jesus. Well, you can take it all, take it all, and just give me Jesus, and just give me Jesus. Oh, every voice. Sing it out. You can take it all. Take it all. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Yes, Lord. You can take it all. Take it all. Just give me Jesus. Just give me. Come on, that's it. Just say it. Well, you can take it all, you take it all. Would you just give me Jesus? Would you just give me happy voice? Sing it out. Well, you can take it all, you take it all. Take it all, just give me Jesus. You're all you want. Go sing all my and all my devotion belongs to this place. I don't want any other lover. 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 I
sing it out. And I don't want any other lover. No one else satisfies. No one else satisfies. Come on, not my boyfriend, not my girlfriend. Oh, no one else like you, not my family, not my relatives. Oh, not even the future things can satisfy. Yes, I don't want any other lover. I don't want, yes, I don't want any other lover. Yes, I don't want. and sing that out here tonight. Come on, if you really want them, come on, let's not be ashamed. Sing it. Well, you can take it all. Take it all. Come on, let's shout it out here tonight. Just give me Jesus. Come on, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Give me Jesus. Yes. Oh, you can take it all. You take it all. Just give me Jesus. Just give me, oh, just a voice and sing out. Well, you can take it all, you take it all. Just give me Jesus. Just give me. Come on, just the ladies, ladies, sing it. You can take it all, take it all. Come on, ladies, sing it out. Lover of your hearts, ladies, sing again. Take it all, take it all. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Come on, all the men of God here tonight, sing it. Well, you can take it all. You take it all. Come on, man, sing it. Just give me Jesus. Every man in this place, where well, you can take it all, take it all. Just give me Jesus. Just give me every voice sing out. Where well, you can take it all, you take it all. Just give me Jesus. Give me Jesus and all my and all my devotion is belongs to this man and
belongs to you, belongs to you. Every person here, Lord, we just lift them up right now. They belong to you, Christ. God, as the world remembers and celebrates Good Friday, God, we remember what it took for you, God. It took your life, God. You gave your life. You left heaven and everything extravagant about it, God, to come and to take on flesh for us, for us, God. Even when we knew we were sinning, God. Even in our darkest moments, God, when we didn't care. Even, God, as Christians, God, when we still sin and we don't care. You came and you died and you gave it all. With such a great love. With such a great love, there's nothing like it. We can search everywhere, God. Nothing compares. No other religion, no other story, no other human effort, God, can compare to what you did on the cross. And so that every person, that at the name of Jesus, may believe and have faith. And may have new life and may be forgiven of their sin. Come on, would you right now just thank him for the cross? Come on, won't you right now? Let's pray our way out of here. Right now, I just want you to thank God for three reasons. Come on. God, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for new life. God, I thank you that I have a plan. God, that you have a plan for my life. That I have a future now, God. Lord, I thank you that every pitfall, God, every shortcoming, God, is covered in your son, Jesus Christ. And I don't have to work for salvation. I couldn't earn it. Come on, you already died on the cross so you can pay my debt. Hallelujah. Come on. Thank you, God, for putting a call of ministry on my life. Lord, thank you for providing. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Come on, three reasons. Thank the Lord here tonight. Father, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for these wonderful students that are here, for everyone that's represented, God. God, we pray that they wouldn't leave the same. That, God, as we remember Good Friday, let it not be a religious tradition, God, that we come and, God, we just want to feel goosebumps. God, we want to feel your presence in this place in our lives. Come impact lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, and everybody said amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap, praise. You can make your way to the first, second, and now the third row.
Come on, I want you guys to next take the next two minutes, two minutes, and, and I'm going to allow you guys to talk to your neighbors. So go ahead and introduce yourself to your neighbor if you guys don't know each other. But I want you guys to ask each other the question and listen to their response of, why is this Good Friday? What does Good Friday mean to you, rather? So that's the question. What does Good Friday mean to you? If it doesn't mean anything, you can be just honest. You don't have to get really spiritual and say angels. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's it mean? But... Take the next two minutes and just ask your neighbor, what does Good Friday mean to you? Go ahead, I see people. Come on now, let's. Two minutes, here we go. Gonna cut it short. 15 seconds. 15 seconds. If you didn't get a chance, we're gonna talk about Good Friday and why it's good. So don't feel like you're missing out. Can I? This is kind of hot. Caliente. This microphone. Can you bring the microphone um, down? Perfect. Microphone. Microphone. Microphone number one. Bring it down just a little bit. Just a little bit. There it is. Okay. Um, today's Good Friday, guys. And, uh, you know, it's probably the biggest week for the church. Um, the first Sunday of February, what happens? Anybody knows. The first Sunday of February. Nope, nope, nope. The Super Bowl. Okay. Maybe you guys are not that interested in the Super Bowl because the Bears are not playing, but Lord willing, um, before Jesus comes back, maybe they'll get another one. <laughs> okay, but, uh, but the Super Bowl generally happens the first Sunday of February, and this week for the church is kind of like our Super Bowl. It's the point in time where we say, man, you know what? There are a bunch of religious people out there. You know, whether they wear crosses or anytime they get a home run, they do one of these numbers and, you know, it, you know, for whatever reason, like they thank God, but they never really thank God any other time or they read their Bible, they pick up their Bible, they take off the spider webs from whatever, like, you know, books that they had about the Bible and they start reading them again. But uh, this is our Super Bowl. Okay, this is the week where we know a lot of people are going to be coming to church just because they got to get their religious duty on. Like, it's Easter. Everybody goes to church on Easter, even if you hate church. Literally, there are people that are hate that hate church, but they will be in church this Sunday. Why? Because it's Easter. And one of the biggest things, one of the biggest draws is like the Easter bunny, right? The Easter bunny laying eggs and everybody going and find these eggs. And, and I remember I used to do that. That was like fun. I used to I used to win legitimate prizes, not the kind of stuff like you get in like candy. Back in the day, um, when I was like seven or whatever, Michael Jordan was like in his prime. 
And I remember getting like those Michael Jordan posters, like had the gold trim, the black and the gold trim. And, and I remember my aunt, she hooked us up one year. We had the Easter hunt at her house. And um, I'm the one that like got the lucky egg or whatever. And I got this Michael Jordan. He's like in his black jersey like this, slam dunk. And I had that thing in my room and I was so proud that I won. But I remember those were legitimate prizes. And I'm not trying to, like, play down your Easter or your, you know, but I'm just remembering mine, and those are fond memories. But, you know, that's not the real reason why we're celebrating or even why we call it Good Friday, okay? Um, today, what we remember is the uh, death and burial of Jesus, you know, and that really happened. 2,000 years ago, Jesus, God, God came took on flesh. He walked this earth. One of the things that I want to do that, you know, before I go and be with the Lord, I want to go to Jerusalem. I mean, if my fiance is hearing me, she can probably hear that and put that on her bucket list too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to go to Jerusalem because I've heard of people going there and, and they're walking. And it's, it's crazy because these are, these are the places where Jesus walked. Jesus was on this earth. This isn't a make-up story. This isn't a feel-good story. And and these things really happen. The account, the crucifixion of Jesus, it really happened. Crucifying, if you look all throughout the Roman, um, uh, Roman Empire and their history, crucifixion was actually a form of punishment. So it's not like the Bible's making up this crazy, elaborate form of execution or death or punishment. We, we can read this in history, whether you're Christian or not. You can read on the story and the account of Jesus Christ. And Good Friday um, is the day where Jesus was crucified. He was crucified. And uh, what I want to talk about today is why did Jesus have to suffer? Okay? Because think about it. We're, we're talking about God. And with God, there, there are no, there's nothing that God cannot do, right? And, and we're not going to get super weird with it. Like, can God pick up something that's heavier than himself? Like, that's illogical. That doesn't make any sense. Like, but there's nothing that can really stop God. And so when we understand this God who spoke the creation, the universe into existence, I mean, if you check out, if you have some time, look up galaxies and look about how there are so many galaxies and so many Milky Ways. I'm not Milky Ways, but like galaxies within galaxies and tons of giant stars that are about as big as our own galaxy and just craziness. God created that. And this God came to this earth. This earth, and he died on the cross. You ever wonder why did God, ha God had to suffer? Couldn't God have done something different so that he didn't have to die on the cross? You know? As a matter of fact, uh, Christianity is really exclusive in the fact that it talks about God, the deity, the main person coming down to earth and dying. For us, not every other religion, not every other type of former Christianity would even say that. Even Muslims, Muslims, they, they pay honor to Jesus, but they would never say that Jesus died. They think that's foolishness, that God would die. That's silly. That doesn't make any sense. But that's the gospel, that Jesus came and he died. And my question to you, if you've ever thought about it, if you've ever taken some time, if you've ever seen a picture of Jesus on the cross, which we generally have, and we put, as a matter of fact, Lauren, see if you can find a picture of, a, of the cross 
If you ever wonder, why did Jesus have to suffer? Why did he have to go? And the Bible says that he was born at a time, the most perfect time. He was born at a time where even the form of punishment, the form of like the death penalty was the crucifixion because the Romans were in charge. And whenever they, where there was someone uprising, someone, a rebel of Rome, they made sure that they were punished and they gave them the death penalty and it was crucifixion. And still to this day, the crucifixion is the worst way, the worst form of torture anybody can ever go through. We're not saying that because it's exclusively Jesus and we want to make Jesus sound better. No. In just a little bit, I'm going to explain a little bit of the process of what happened when Jesus was crucified. But just begin to think about that. Why did Jesus have to suffer? Couldn't God have just said, man, you know what? I forgive them. I mean, you see, the problem is this. The reason why we come together, we even have a good Friday, is because of sin. Somebody say sin. Sin is the problem. And everyone is born with sin. And there's, there's, there's really no way around that. For all have fallen short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. And, and you see, this problem of sin separates us from God. And because we have that separation from God, we cannot be with God. We do not know God. And Jesus came, died on the cross, so that he can be that, that bridge to God. So that we can know God, we can have a relationship with God, and when we die, we can forever be with God. Um, see if we can get that a little bigger. Maybe, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> everybody's squinting. Like, where is it at? We should have it in our on our main service slides. If you can't find it there, uh, don't worry about it. I'll give you to like the whole service if you need to find it. Um, to go ahead and do that. Why did Jesus have to suffer? Open up your Bibles with me to John chapter nineteen. John chapter 19, and when you're there, say I'm there. John chapter 19, if you're not there, um, don't worry about it. I got it. It's about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight words long, and I'm going to read it, and you guys will be able to follow along with me, okay? John 19, 1 says it like this. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. That's it. John 19, 1, then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in purple robe and went up to him and again saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they slapped him in the face. Um, the point up to Jesus' crucifixion, I want to kind of do it justice by saying within the accounts of the gospel, you can kind of get a full idea of what was happening when Jesus was being brought before Pilate, brought before the, the Sanhedrin, be before the Jews, and they were crying out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. We're talking about why did Jesus have to suffer, okay? And I want to go ahead and, and take out the idea that God is some sort of diva, that he wants you to notice him whenever he walks in. You, never, you ever know that person, like, when they're sick, they want you to know that they're sick? Like, there's something wrong with them. Like, they walk into class. <coughs> <coughs> you go up to a man, what's wrong with you? My ear hurts. It's really hurting. 
He said, it doesn't make any sense. Like, really? Like, your ear, all that? Just your ear hurts? He's like, yeah, it's really bad. God is not some sort of diva where he, he's going and he's making the story better. You know? If, if God was trying to do that, if God was trying to, like, make, ooh, you, oh, wow, he really did that? Oh, like for Valentine's Day, ladies, don't be suckered if he gets you a bear. Dear Lord, like, that's, that's the oldest trick in the book. A bear, they're, like, at Walgreens for 99 cents. He didn't spend money on that. Like, it's not one of these things. Like, he got me a bear. It's true love. I'm just saying. We're talking about God. Like, he has infinite resources. Like, he doesn't, he could have done razzle-dazzle. Look how much I love you. But that he chose death. That he suffered. You just begin to ask yourself, why did he have to go through pain? Somebody say pain. He endured pain. And it wasn't one of these things where he's making it up. And matter of fact, I kind of want to give you, um, this scholar had wrote up this kind of idea of what Jesus endured. Okay, And if you read the accounts of the gospel, you can look up specifically towards the end of each gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. Um, you can look and kind of piece together what was happening with Jesus. Has, has anybody ever here seen the Passion of the Christ? Anybody? Um, when I first became a youth pastor, I was, a <laughs> I was very, very, very adamant that every Good Friday we should watch the uh, uh, Passion of the Christ because it's the only the most Christian thing you can do. And after a while, after like you sing it twice, you're just like, oh, we're not going to do that anymore. But if you've seen the Passion of the Christ, you can get an idea of what it was like, of what Jesus went through. And even the um, director, Mel Gibson, said, man, that's not even close to what actually went down. But how graphic, how crazy it was. There's a part in, in the scene where Jesus is being whipped. He's, his hands are, are tied down, and, and he's being whipped with a cat of nine tails. And basically, that's just like a, a whip that that the Romans would have, and at the end of it, have, like, stone. It'd have, like, sharp uh, glass and, and clay that would cut into your skin as it hit you. And the Romans were excellent at torturing people. They got whatever they wanted, and these people were torturing Jesus. And as they were whipping Jesus, literally Jesus' back, like, his skin begins to peel off with every slash of the whip. Okay. I mean, you guys think that when your parents hit you, it's the end of the world. Like, I remember, Mommy, no! Like, I thought, like, man, I'm about to die. <laughs> For real. But what Jesus endured, I mean, that's no laughing matter. Think about it. Getting beaten to the point where you're hardly recognizable. I mean, we don't even begin to want to comprehend that. I want to read you this uh, description of what it was like for Jesus going to the cross. Jesus was led away to the cross, and finally he was nailed to a cross beam. Normally a person was laid down upon the cross beam and a nail driven into the wrist. Then the other hand was pulled very tightly, and another nail was driven into the other wrist. The nails were usually about six to eight inches long, about this long. 
six to eight inches long, placing the nail in the wrist, severs the median nerve, resulting in a burning pain, as well as paralysis in the hand. Once Jesus was lifted to the cross, his feet were nailed to it. But in order to do this, his knees were bent, and the feet brought up a bit to allow them to lie flat against the stake so that they could be nailed to it. Once suspended, the force of the gravity brings the weight of the body down and the shoulders and elbows dislocate by popping out of joint, ripping ligaments. Because of the outstretched position of the arms, the chest cavity is perpetually expanding state and is very difficult to breathe. With the severe loss of blood from the scourging and crucifixion, Jesus would have become dehydrated and his body would have less blood to carry oxygen. Therefore, his heart would beat faster as it attempted to compensate and his need for oxygen would increase, would increase greatly. In order to breathe, Jesus had to push up on the nails in his feet to allow his chest enough flexibility to inhale. Pushing up on the nails is not only excruciating, but this meant that he had to scrape his raw beaten back against a rough wooden stake. This whole process of breathing and exhaling by pushing on the nails only increases in intensity as time passes. Soon the body gets to the point of no return and the heart either ruptures, ruptures or the person dies. But before that happened, the blood loss results in extreme thirst as the body craves water to restore the lost blood. Jesus said, I thirst in John 19, 28, whereupon a soldier offered him some sour wine, Luke 23, 36. But Jesus refused it because he would not seek to escape any of the ordeal. In order to prolong the suffering, sometimes the Romans would place a very small seat nailed to the stake so that the victim could partially sit on it. This would allow a small amount of rest and would greatly increase the time it took to die, sometimes several days. But in Jesus' case, since he was so badly beaten before he got to the cross, he died in a short amount of time. It was, therefore, not necessary to break his legs to prevent him from pushing up on the nails in his feet so he could breathe. Jesus died a horrible death. This happened to Jesus. And my question tonight, Elevate, is why did Jesus have to suffer? Was there any other way? Could he have done it a different way and gotten the same results? If you begin to read the Bible and begin to place yourself in it and not just a bison, you begin to see the need of a Savior. Because the Bible does say, for all have fallen short, everyone is with sin. Sin means to miss the mark. It means hermitia, to miss God's mark of holiness, to miss God's glory. We've all missed it. But why did you have to suffer, God? Because you wanted to make it a show what happened. Why did you need to suffer? I have four points for you guys why it was essential for Jesus to suffer. Number one, to pay for the sins of mankind. 1 John 4.10 says this. It says, God 
so loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Somebody say propitiation. Don't hurt yourself. Say it again. Propitiation. <laughs> propitiation. The key word propitiation meaning payment. It wasn't enough for him to die. Jesus had to pay a debt. Our debt. For our sin. And the payment was necessary. You see, we all had a debt. Do you ever go into a place, like, for example, McDonald's, okay, all right? Even better, Longhorn. I tend to like that place, so whenever I feel like I'm in the spending mood, I'm going to go ahead and eat there and feel bad after I do it. <laughs> but <laughs> you've ever gone to Longhorn, and you're there, and the people come up to you, and they say, hey, what can we get you to drink? I'll start off with some water, and they bring you some bread, and the bread's nice and hot. They got the little, you know, butter ball, and you're like, man, I'm living it up. And you look at the menu, and, you know, even forget the price, because then it's not like $8 for, it's talking about like 15 16 17 25 You're like, what? And you're eating, and you're just enjoying yourself, and... You know, at the end of the night, what does the server come to bring you? <laughs> Mints and a toothpick? Yeah, they bring you that too, but they bring you the bill. And however much you ate is however much you owe, you pay. Now, let me paint a picture. Let me tell you if this is really rational or even right. When the server comes back with the bill and she presents it to you and you see that young $64 for one person... <laughs> And <laughs> you're just, uh, all right, $64, okay, I, I guess uh, I got to pay that, right? Yeah. And uh, it'd just be really awkward if, if you just told the person, like, listen, I can't pay you. I don't have any money. And at this point, the server's mouth would draw, drop to the floor, and he would even drop even further if you said something like this. Listen, I can't pay you but I can sing a song for you. <laughs> I lead worship at my church. It's really good. They all say I sing well, so I think you'd like it. Can I sing a song and get off? What do you think the server would tell me? <laughs> Maybe if she was really frustrated at this point, she might have said a handful of choice words, but maybe she'd say, listen, that can't happen. I'm going to need to call my manager. We're going to have to call the authorities okay um, maybe that can happen now what would happen if that really happened and you don't have any money but someone overhearing your conversation with the waiter decides to come in and say listen you know what ma'am you can put everything that they had and you can put it on my bill and you just look at that person like there is nothing like getting something for free. Free makes everything taste better, look better, feel better. It just feels good. A free bag of chips, they're probably the best chips you had in your life. doesn't matter if they're the same, but if you have to pay for one and one was free, the one that was free tastes better. <laughs> You'd make up stuff. There was more chips in the bag, <laughs> less air. Praise God. But you see, we live in a world where we can understand these concepts. If you go to a place, you need to pay for something, a restaurant. And, and you see, the thing is, is every person, and look to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. 
and look to your other neighbor and say, he's definitely talking about you. <laughs> Bogus. <laughs> oh, man. Where sin, sin separates us from God. And because of that sin, someone has to pay for it. You see, the penalty of sin for the wages of sin is death. Someone has to pay. And you see, you can't get off easily. Try doing that any kind of restaurant. Try going in, trying to getting something for free. You can't do it. And guess what? Everyone spiritually, whether they're a good person, whether they don't go to church, whether they go, every person has sin in their life. Everyone. I used to think that, man, sometimes, like when I was studying the Bible and, and I was like witnessing and doing different things, I ran across some good people. I'm talking about really helpful people. Even in their demeanor, I used to work at Starbucks, but even in their demeanor, they're just like, man, you just want to be around that person. And you find out that, you know, in conversations that they're not saved. And I'm just like, how do I tell them about Jesus? It's like, it seems like their life is good. You ever know somebody like that? Like, man, they got everything working for them. It's just like everything's good. They're good people. They even help old ladies cross the street. It's like that kind of person. I mean, like. There's nothing wrong with them. Like, you wish you could go up to them and it's like, man, you know what? You can't steal. Have you ever stole before? Uh, actually, I've never stole. <laughs> uh, have you ever lied before? Maybe, but I don't make it a, a habit of it. Oh. Uh, well, uh, uh, are, are you, have you ever been have perverse thoughts? Like, no, dude, I am, I'm married and I love my wife. And it's like, dang. Do you not sin? <laughs> what do you do? And, and you find out that, man, there's sometimes some good people. But let me tell you something. Being a good person does not mean you have not sinned. I used to, I said, what do I tell somebody? They got everything going for them. You tell them you need Jesus to forgive you of your sin, to be made whole. And when you begin to understand that sin Leaves you with a debt, a debt you cannot pay, a debt you can never pay, you can never work off. You begin to realize that Jesus was the payment of sins for all mankind. God loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the payment for our sin. Jesus had to pay a debt, and he paid our debt, the debt of our sin. And that payment was necessary. Number two, it was essential for Jesus to suffer because he had to satisfy the demands of God's wrath. Now, this is something people don't like to talk about, okay? All right? You ever, ever walk by, um, you know, you have some friends, and you go over to their house, and their parents are there, and everything's fighting, and then the mom and dad start arguing? awkward as ever and they bring it into the living room where you're just like oh hey how you doing <laughs> so, do i leave bro like why did you bring me? like they're literally fighting right now and it's just awkward it's like ah oh, dude and, and then like that's happened to me before i invited some friends over and mom and dad they were having a good time and then 
you know, mom was watching out for dad's diabetes, and so you can't have that peach, you know, muffin, and I, I can have the peach muffin. You can't have, you got die. I can have the peach muffin. It's like, oh, my gosh. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like, whoa. No one really likes to talk about God's wrath. You know, whenever people come to God loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. But no one likes to talk about God's wrath. Hello? Did you know that God gets angry? He gets upset? Oh, I, what Bible you're reading? Not my Bible. He loves us all. What are you talking about? God gets upset. This guy, <laughs> some youth pastor, God gets upset. Yeah, God loves me. To satisfy the demands of God, it was essential for Jesus to suffer. As much as God loves you, he hates your sin with a holy, burning hatred beyond comprehension. The only way he could embrace you in spite of sin was for someone else, someone perfect and holy, to pay for it. Romans 5.1. Let's open up our Bibles there. Romans 5.1. Romans 5.1 says this. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace through God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we have been justified, justified had no sin. Through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It was essential for Jesus to suffer to satisfy the demands of God's wrath. God hates sin. He really, really hates it. I mean, he, he, he can't stand it. It's not one of those things like, oh, it's, it's cool, don't worry about it. Everyone lies. Everyone steals. Everyone has perverse thoughts. So you're fine. You're, you're good. Don't, don't worry about that. You're making a big deal of nothing. You know, no, Jesus... God doesn't bat an eye to sin. Jesus sent his son to die on a cross for sin. So serious he was with it. Oh, sin, and sometimes we make it so, like, insignificant, like, oh, you know what, I'm okay. I'm fine. It's going to be all right. Jesus sent his son for sin to satisfy the demands of God's wrath. God hates sin. He hates it. Ever since the beginning, when it separated us from him, he hates it. God had a plan, but he hates sin. He hates your sin with a holy, burning hatred beyond comprehension. And the only way he could embrace you in spite of your sin was for someone else, someone like Jesus, to pay for it. Has Jesus paid for your sins? Because if not... I need to tell you that the wrath of God is against your life. You don't have joy. You don't have hope. You don't have the expectation of being with Jesus in heaven. No, the wrath of God is against you. That's a serious thing. Yes, it's serious. To purchase... 
the opportunity for our sins to be forgiven. Point number three, it was essential for Jesus to suffer to purchase the opportunity for our sins to be forgiven. We have that wonderful, wonderful chance to be forgiven. Ever been in a jam where like, man, I... When you ever make a mistake, and maybe you're doing it, and if you have a job and you made a mistake, and you made a really big mistake that might have cost your company or might have cost your agency or the place that you worked at, like a couple hundred of thousands of dollars or whatever, maybe none of us have been in a situation like that, but let me give you this example. Someone has to pay for that. Someone has to pay, whether it's coming out of your paycheck or you may be fired. You may not have a job. Someone has to pay. And the thing that someone's wanting at that point in time, like, oh, my gosh, I just want a chance. Please, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I just want that chance. Like, give me another chance. I, I'll never do it again. It was essential for Jesus to suffer to give us the opportunity because he purchased the opportunity for our sins to be forgiven. No longer do you have to carry your sin. You can be forgiven. God laid all of your sinfulness upon Jesus as he willingly suffered and died upon the cross. The debt was paid, opening the door to your forgiveness. Jesus purchased the opportunity for us to be forgiven. What does that mean? What does that mean? That you can be forgiven of your sin. Jesus died, and he died for everyone, so everyone's forgiven, Pastor Adam. What are you talking about? No, he purchased the opportunity for your sins to be forgiven. But didn't Jesus die for the entire world? And when we say world, it's not that giant blue ball in space. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's, it's actually people. For God so loved you. For God so loved the world. He's talking about humans, humankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. But when he died, he died for everyone, so everyone's forgiven. Even if my friend doesn't come to church, even if my friend likes to smoke, get drunk, have sex, even if my friend, they're gays, they're lesbian, God died for them too, so they're okay. Why do you make it so that everyone has to come to Jesus and come to church and get right? Why do you make it about that? Well, just leave them alone. You don't love God. You're being a bigot. You're being hateful. You're being just weird. You're being awkward. No one likes to hear that stuff. See, when Jesus died, he died on a cross, but he purchased the opportunity for everyone to be forgiven. But not everyone comes to God and asks for forgiveness. There's a difference. There's a difference when someone does something wrong and you know when they're really sorry for it, they're going to come up to you and be like, man, dude, listen, I, I took this without asking you and I'm sorry. Um, here it is, whatever it is, and, and I, I don't want to do that again, man, because that violates my trust or your trust and and if someone else comes back in a different way like man you know man I took this from you it was there you weren't using it so here you go bro my bad you can tell the difference when someone is sincere and then someone's playing a game someone's not sincere Jesus died to purchase the opportunity for our sins to be forgiven. My, my question for you is this. Have your sins been forgiven? Have you taken your sins to Jesus? 
oh, Pastor Adam, I, I did that prayer about five years ago, but I fell off from them. But I, I mean, I prayed it. So isn't it good? Isn't it like when you pray, God knows everything, so he's going to forgive you of every sin you ever made? And, and isn't it good? Like, I'm fine, right? So when, when you fall into sin, you come to the Lord and ask for forgiveness, repentance. And the goal of the Christian is not to live in sin, is not to sin. It's not when I sin, it's if I sin. I will come to Jesus and ask for repentance. Big difference. When I sin, someone's already premeditated thought, like, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm not perfect. But no, no, no. My mentality, if I sin, I come to Jesus and ask him to forgive me of my sin. And last but not least, in closing, it was essential for Jesus to suffer, to provide the way to eternal life. Romans 6.23. To have a gift, you must choose to receive it. Do you know Jesus himself is the gift of eternal life? His suffering is the reason that the gift is possible. Eternal life, Jesus, is the gift of eternal life. Amen? Let's open up our Bibles to Romans 6.23. And in closing, we're going to go ahead and read this. I've been quoting it all, all time. It says it like this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. The glory of the gospel is while we are the ones who need to be saved from sin, from God's wrath, it is God himself who saves us through his son, Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The problem is separation. Sin does that. Jesus had to suffer so that in this life, in this life, you can have peace. You can have a new life. You can have the forgiveness of God. You can have the joy of the Lord. Come on. You can have the fruit of the spirit in your life. And I don't know about you, but. When you read the difference of a life with Jesus and a life without Jesus, and the Bible does that so eloquently in, in, the, in, the, in Galatians 5 when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, the acts of the flesh, the deeds of the flesh, and the, the, the life of the Spirit, the gift of the Spirit. We see just a contrast. One is without Jesus and one is with Jesus. You see, my friend, without suffering... We wouldn't have hope. And in closing, would you guys stand to your feet for me, please? And, and tonight, specifically, I, I'm not going to do a lot of things up here. We're going to pray for, for people who need Jesus. Okay? If you're in this place and you say to yourself, man, I don't I don't have Jesus in my life. Well, I don't know if he's in my life. Or, man, I 
I haven't been at church in a while, and I know I've been doing some things that God would not approve of. And I need God in my life. Here it is. This is how you receive Christ. Number one, admit you're a sinner. You got to admit it. You got to stop running around for it and say, well, I'm not, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. I don't gossip as much as this person. I don't lust as much as this person. This person flat out watches pornography, talks about that stuff literally in lunch. God, at least I keep it more private. God, at least I'm not out there, you know, smoking, doing drugs. God, at least I'm not a chain smoker. Maybe I, I'm addicted to pills, but God, I'm not that bad. I have it under control. Admit you're a sinner. Number two, believe Jesus died to pay for your sin. You got to believe it. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you? For you. Did he die for you? Number three, confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. See, when you confess Christ as your Lord and Savior, that word Lord means he is the master. He is the senior, the CEO, the president, the one in charge. He is Lord over your life. And to be Lord of your life, that means he has a say in your life. Confess Jesus Christ as Lord, as the CEO, as president of your life. Number four, through prayer, receive Jesus Christ into your life as Lord and Savior. And that's it. Through prayer, receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. With all eyes closed in this place, I want to do a simple prayer with everyone here, and I want us all to say it out. That way it's not making anyone feel weird who needs to pray, who genuinely needs to pray it and encourages those who maybe wouldn't have prayed it. But for everyone's sake in this place, I want us to pray this. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. And I want to turn from my sins. I now confess you by faith as my Lord and Savior. says everyone who calls the name of the Lord is Did you sincerely ask Jesus Christ to come into your
by works that you saved, but by grace and faith. You see, it's a gift. If you accepted it in this place, if you're Christian and you're saved and you've been loving Jesus, I want you to pray right now for those maybe who may be struggling right now. Come on, I want you guys to just pray. And I encourage you guys to speak it out. Come on, speak this place up with prayer. Come on. And if you're in this place, we don't want you to leave here tonight. Wondering, guessing, maybe if it work, he wants you to know and have assurance of your faith in Jesus Christ. Father, we know there are people in here who need you. Who have prayed that prayer for the first time. But we just ask right now in your name, Jesus, that you would come into their hearts. That God, you would give them new life. New life in this place. Come on, Saint. We pray for new life in this place. Maybe you're a family safe. Maybe you've been coming to elevate for some time. You're called a disciple of sin. You want to repent before the Lord. You can do that right now. Come on. You can do that right now. You can repent before the Lord. Don't think that maybe you prayed five months ago that it covers this time. Come on. If this thing's you like you, repent. Come on. Repent right now. Repentance is a good thing because it brings us close to Jesus. Come on. If the access, it gives us access to grace and forgiveness. So on this place, God, we go, we just lift you up. We lift you up right now, God. There's no other name by which we're saved, Jesus. God, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for Good Friday. And we get opportunity to remember this, that you had to suffer. You endured it, God. You didn't pull back. You didn't say they're not worth it. But you said, I love them. Come on, Jesus loves you enough to die on the cross. He paid your debt. Lord, we thank you for paying our debt here tonight from every person, from the youngest to the oldest. God, Lord, I thank you. God, let this never be something we take for granted. But help us to remember and to live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. This is what I want us to do. This is what I want us to do. Take the next two to three minutes. Two to three minutes right where you're at. If you want to sit down, you want to come up to the altar, you want to just go ahead and just keep your main standing. Come on, just seal whatever the Lord placed in your heart here tonight. Come on, maybe you were thinking about, man, you know what, he really went through something. And as you look to Jesus, we have the picture I was talking to you about. It's just an idea of what Jesus went through. Or maybe you never thank him. Maybe as you get a revelation of what he went through, maybe you have an appreciation, a thankfulness for Jesus. He did that. He did that for you. He did that for us. Come on, take the next two to three minutes. Draw me to
chosen. We do thank you for the cross and everything that it means to you. Thank you for new life. God, not only for me, but for my family, for those that I love. God, you've given me a second chance. You've given me a hope in the future. God, you set my feet upon the rock, God. My life is stable, God. My life is under control, God. My life is blessed, God, because of you, because of the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross here tonight. Oh, Jesus, in closing, God, we lift up our hearts to you. We say there is no other. You're the only one that we want, Jesus. Help us to live it out. God, help us to be bold in our faith, God, as these next couple of days, as we lead up to Easter, Father, may we invite our family, may we invite our friends, God. God, when we invite people to hear the story of Jesus and your scandalous, outrageous love, God, we thank you, Jesus. Yes, it is a good Friday because, God, you paid our debt. God, you paid our ransom, God. God, and we can go away free. You took the pain. You took the cross. Oh, a good Friday indeed. A good Friday it is. God, we thank you. May we live our lives, God, as every day is a good day because of knowing you and you in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, and someone said amen. Come on, and somebody said amen. Amen. Give your neighbor a high five and a good old good Friday hug. Let them know you want to see them here on, on uh, Sunday, our Easter service. Tomorrow, do not forget, tomorrow at 12 o'clock at noon, we are having our pizza bake-off. You don't want to miss it. Don't be late. Don't be late. We see you tomorrow at Life Groups.
blessings of things in the future Heights no depths no any created thing could separate me from your love Death no life no angels no powers Present things of things in the future Heights no depths no any created thing could separate me from your love Death no life no angels no powers Present things of things